This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. These people had such a love for God and such a commitment to Him that they bragged about God's deliverance. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. To cut off their remembrance, the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such that as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. I want to read from Psalm 23. Here's another Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I'm full of wants. the way some people live the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures he leadeth me beside the still waters he restoreth my soul he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies Folks, I want you to understand God's plan is not a Big Mac on the run, but to prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to read from Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. 
He hath not dwelt, dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. I mentioned this uh, at another service recently. This word pity, we think of being uh, having pity on somebody by looking at them and, and feeling sorrowful for them or uh, regretting their situation. But that's not what this word pity means. This word pity means to fondle. It means, well, let me, let me describe it this way. You know when your kids are young, babies and such, you can't keep your hands off of them. That's what this word pity means. It's talking about God's care and concern for you and me. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it and is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children, to keep to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I believe if we really understood that, if we really accepted that for truth, we'd be bragging about God a lot more than we do. Our soul would be boasting in the Lord as well. Psalm 138. In case you're wondering, this is the morning message. (laughs) I'm not setting up anything. I'm just speaking what God wants to remind us of. Psalm 138. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. David understood that the word of God was paramount, not just the power of God. God's exalted his word above his name. In the day when I cried, you answered me and strengthened me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet has he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knows afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me, Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Psalm 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Has he turned your captivity? We may be fighting battles, skirmishes, 
here in this earth in this time that we live. But we've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. He has turned our captivity. These are the days to dream. These are the days to proclaim God's goodness. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Psalm 145, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee and will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all of his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all that fall, and raises up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand, and satisfies the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Psalm 148. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in his heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of night. Praise him, you heaven of heavens, and you waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He has also established them forever and ever. He has made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth, you dragons in all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and the heaven. He also exalteth the horn of his people, the praise of all of his saints. Even of the children of Israel, a people near unto him, praise ye the Lord. Psalm 150. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. 
Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. It's so easy to look at our lives with a microscope. It's so easy to see the details of the problems that we have and the things that we are believing God for, standing in faith to receive, or standing in faith to have after having believed that we receive. It's so easy to look at the things that we don't like or the things that we're dissatisfied with. And those things may be right. Those things may be true. Those things may be things that we should not be satisfied with if they're the work of the devil coming against us, certainly. But if we back up and look at God in the big picture, in all the things that he's done for us, in all the things that, well, maybe we don't recognize the, the value of them or recognize the awesome power that he's displayed to us already. What I'm talking about specifically there is, I don't think we have a clue the power of God that was wrought upon us to deliver us from sin. I don't think that's because we don't fail to, to, to learn or, or that we're trying not to see it by any means. That's certainly not my case. I wouldn't expect it to be yours either. I think it's just too much for us to comprehend. The power of God that raised Jesus from the dead, that brought you and me into the family of God. How can we understand that? How can we recognize the awesomeness of his power? We look at things like the creation of the earth, and we think, wow, God really used a lot of power doing that stuff. And that's not what the Bible tells us at all. The Bible says God made the, the stars in the sky with his hands. Literally, it means he flicked his fingers and the stars appeared. Well, that doesn't sound like a big deal. But it's the universe. The Bible talks about things that God did and the power that he used <clears throat> in creating man. He said he formed man with the hands, with his hands, and then spoke into Adam his spirit, and he became a living soul. But the greatest display of God's power that the Bible tells us about was at the resurrection of Jesus. It's spoken to the Ephesians, and there are four different words that are used to describe God's power in one verse, talking about the resurrection of Jesus. We read scriptures like we did in, in uh, Psalm 37, I believe it was. It says, they that fear the Lord shall want for no good thing. Paul said it this way, writing to the church in the New Testament. He said, if God did that, if God provided Jesus for us, which is the best that he could do, the best that can be done, how much more will he take care of the little things? But we stumble over the little things. We get our eyes on the little things, taking for granted the biggest thing that he's done, and failing to see the connection between the two. The power of God has already been displayed to us in such 
magnificent measure. They caused us to be born from spiritual death into life, eternal life, the God kind of life. Jesus called it abundant life. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The wrath of God was poured out upon Jesus during the time that he was in the heart of the earth. Jesus was born again and he was raised from the dead. The Bible says he was raised from the dead when you were justified, when you were declared righteous. In other words, the price was paid and God said, that's enough. Mankind is declared righteous because of the sacrifice of my son. Now there's only one thing left to do, and that is to accept what he's done for you. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us. Come celebrate with us as we remember his victory over death in the cross. Bring your family and join ours this Easter at Foothill Family Church. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive. Mark your calendars to join us Easter Sunday at Foothill Family Church. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. If you were God, how would you want things to work? Would you want your children not to be experienced in your power and your goodness? Would you want your children to go through life saying, well, yeah, he saved us, and that's good, all right. That means we can have an eternal home in heaven. But I'm not sure he'll make, meet my financial need this month. I'm not sure if his healing power can be received by me or whoever it is. Is that the idea that you'd want your children to have? I don't want that for my natural children. I want my natural children to know that I love them enough to do everything for them. And I don't want them to take advantage of me. But I do want them to know that there's no limits to what I would do to help them. Because I love them. Well, I think that helps make me a good father. Well, over and over again, Jesus said, if you know how to be good to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father be good to you? Find me any place where any child of God came to God the Father and he said no. There's only one place in the Bible that indicates that. And that was David after he committed adultery with Bathsheba. That's the only prayer in the Bible that goes unanswered. He asked God to spare the child, and God wouldn't. But right on the heels of that, he turns around and tells David, you couldn't save the, the child that was born in adultery. But to show you that I love you, your throne will be extended to the next child you have with Bathsheba, which was Solomon. That's the only place in the Bible where God said no. And Paul tells us specifically that all the promises of God are yes and amen. David didn't have a promise that would cover that in the Old Testament, in his experience, the one time in his experience. But anything you've got a promise from God for, his answer is always yes and amen. We serve a good God.
We serve a loving Heavenly Father that keeps His Word, that keeps His covenant, the Bible says, to a thousand generations. To a thousand generations. I want to commend you. I think it's a sign of spiritual growth and development to be able to sit in the presence of the Lord and not crack. God said, be still and know that I am him. I am the Lord. A lot of people can't stand that. A lot of people feel like something has to be done rather than just to be still and be quiet. Brother Hagin told a story about one of the churches he pastored when he was a young man. He said that... uh, well, things were different back then. Their Sunday morning service was, uh, was just regulars. And their Sunday night service was where visitors would come in and things like that. Things were just reversed from how they are now. And um, he said sometimes he had just turned the service over to the Holy Ghost. And he'd sit on the platform. And he said sometimes people would have something. And then other times nobody would have anything. And so they just wait in the presence of God. He said that sometimes it would last to one or two in the afternoon. He said there was one experience, one thing that I remember him telling about, how that um, uh, a man didn't normally go to church and his wife went to church, so he had dropped her off. And so he showed up around the time that uh, church was normally ending to pick her up. Well, he waited in the car and waited a little longer Nobody's coming out. Nobody's stirring. And he didn't hear anything happening inside. So he came and looked in the window of the church. And everybody's just sitting silent and still. So he made his way to the door and quietly opened the door. Because Brother Hagin's sitting on the platform. So he sees him come in the door in the back. So he came in. He slipped down into the first seat on the back row. The corner seat in the pews. And he's looking around. Brother Hagin said, I'm, I'm watching him. Nobody's saying anything. Nobody's doing anything. He sat there for a few minutes. Of course, when things are quiet like that, a, a short time seems like a long time, I guess. So he's sitting there and sitting there, and nobody's saying anything. He can't figure out what's going on. And all of a sudden, he starts to shake all over. Brother Hagin said, I, I watched him shake. He said, next thing I knew, he jumped up out of the, out of the pew that he was sitting in, ran down to the front and gave his heart to Jesus. Brother Hagin said nobody moved. Nobody went to him. Brother Hagin's attitude was, God started this, let him finish it. It's easy to get uncomfortable when things get quiet and still. Because those are times often, uh, many times, those are the times when the Lord will deal with us about changes that we need to make. And people want to run away from that. Change is good as long as it's the other guy changing. Or so it seems. It takes a certain understanding. Things like we're talking about here. This morning, I mean. To be able to do that and it produce a blessing. Because people, and I'm, I'm not criticizing motives. I believe certainly most of the situations I've seen and had experience with, people want to do the right thing. They just don't know what it is. 
And so sometimes people step out when God's not really prompting them to do anything. And it can put a damper on everything. You remember where we started in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5? Paul's writing to the church. He says, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. People want to know what the will of God is. That's it. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks. But then it goes on a verse or two later. And it says, despise not prophesying, quench not the spirit, and despise not prophesying. Why would Paul have to tell the church not to despise prophecies unless it had been misused? He says, prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. They understand why he's saying that because a lot of things have come out. A lot of things have happened in their services and in their midst that weren't good. But he says, don't let that, don't let your bad experience cause you to despise those things. Because the move of the Holy Ghost is real. Prophecy is real. It should certainly always be judged. But they obviously, I can't think of any other reason why they tell them these things. Can you? Is there any other reason other than what we've just referred to? Why would he have to tell them? Despise not prophesying. And things must have gotten bad in times past when he write, before he writes to them. To say don't hate those things. Well, if it was of God, nobody would hate that. They'd recognize that, wouldn't they? But the things that weren't of God. Cause them to put away even that which is real and true. And I, it seems to me like everybody that's close to God and everybody that understands anything about his kingdom would want to be used by God. I'm sure a lot of people have stepped out and done the wrong things, but they had the right heart. They just didn't know what to do. But if you can sit and stand in the presence of God and not crack, now that's not a spiritual term or a scriptural term, but you know what I'm talking about. If you can be okay with the quiet presence of the Lord, then that helps put us in a position where God can use us for whatever he wants. Because it shows we're not in a hurry. It shows that we don't have to try to force things to be our way. But instead, we're willing to yield to whatever he wants. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. One translation says that means a new species of being. God put his spirit inside of you and made you a new person. You're not the person you may see yourself to be. Learn to look at yourself through the lens of God's word and walk according to what he says about you. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. That Jesus is not just the author of my faith. He's not just the one I'm believing in. He's the end of my faith. He's the finisher of my faith. 
He's the one that will see it come to pass. And there's nothing that's too hard for God. There is nothing that's too hard for God. And Jesus even said that all things are possible to us that believe. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.